Hi, I'm Yanling. Hi, I'm Jace. And welcome to the Freelance Creative Exchange, where every episode we talk about freelancing and the gig economy. And today we have a very special guest. For the first time in our podcast series, we actually had an eSports e- gamers here with us. Yes, let's welcome Lysander. Hey, guys. <laughs> so Lysander is actually uh, known as an in-game uh, eSports host, as well as the producers and the host of the nightly show. Yep. Right. So... Lysander, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do and um, how you do what you do? Alright guys, so uh, I am a esports commentator slash uh, host. So I MC for mainly esports events, but mm-hmm. I can also do non-gaming events. But mostly I, I try to do gaming events because it's my passion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a startup that produces a late night show for esports called The Nightly Show. So that's what you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I not only produce it, I'm also the host because it's something I really enjoy. Uh, it's a platform where we interview people in the gaming industry, whether mm-hmm. they are players, uh, they are professionals or team owners. So uh, we just want to explore the world of gaming and give content creators in gaming a chance to grow in a real world setting. Wow. Yeah. So how do you first <clears throat> get into this whole e-gaming thing? Uh, well... I, I got into gaming ever since I was six. You know, oh. my, my dad you know, wow. showed me PC. He's like, hey, here's a, here's a game. Played it and I was like, okay. I was, uh, ever since then, I was hooked. And uh, it just progressed from there. And then uh, I think in 2011, I think that's when eSports started like showing its head through StarCraft, yeah. StarCraft 2. Mm. And uh, I watched one tournament one day on YouTube. It was um, like a VOD of a StarCraft tournament that happened in Sweden. And it was a very exciting, tense final. And just watching that for a few hours, I was like, wow, this is something I want to get into. And it was only two years later I got an opportunity uh, when there was a small talent search in oh. Chinatown. Ooh. Yeah, it was a, it was a very, it, it was more like a, I think it was a company just doing more of like a community outreach kind of uh, okay. PR kind of thing where they say, oh, we're looking for community shoutcasters. Mm. And I was like, what the hell, you know, I just went for it and uh, I won. <laughs> and, uh, and from there, you know, uh, I don't want to bore you guys the details, but I, I just managed to use that to name drop my way up all the way. And uh, in 2014, I got the opportunity to commentate uh, at the International 2014, the yeah. Dota 2 International Championship. So that was a very big highlight in my event. Mm-hmm. And then unfortunately, I had to take two years off for army but uh <laughs> during that time i kept uh, tried my best to uh stay to up keep to in the scene. yeah stay in the mm. scene uh network where i can where i had to leave i can try and travel to events mm. but uh yeah uh basically that's how i got into it and i still am now but that's still very interesting because you managed to you know you're one of the ones who at a very young age even before ns you know you managed to get your name over there Somehow or another. Um, but do you also remember, like, uh, what kind of game? You say you started at six, right? You mm. started gaming at six. What game was it that you started? Uh, I remember it was called uh, War Games. Uh, I'm, I, it was a movie, I think. It was a very old movie. It's about the AI that uh, went rogue. And I, th- I think uh, it has a very iconic line. It's like, shall we play a game? If you guys remember, I don't know. It's like a very old movie. I remember the name, uh, the line, but I don't remember the game. So, so it came from that movie, and then there was this game that uh, that my dad introduced to me because my dad was a big sci-fi geek as well. So he he just introduced that to me, and then from there, you know, we just started playing. Then all the uh, strategy games back then, strategy games were a big thing, like uh, Command and Conquer and all that stuff. So. 
Start playing those and then StarCraft, of course, uh, classic. And then uh, I think there was this phase of Maple Story and RuneScape, mm. you know, like everyone else. Mm. Uh, and then moved on to more modern uh, games like Dota and uh, Counter-Strike. So in Singapore, right, um, you know, because I think, you know, Singapore children grows up going to schools and a lot of, you know, school works and things like that. So does your parents at any point in time feel that uh, you shouldn't be playing games. You should focus more of your energy in the study. Did your dad ever regret uh, <laughs> introducing you to gaming? <laughs> uh, I think that, that that has always been a very good advocate of uh, gaming. He, oh, he's always said like nice. gaming helps your problem solving. You know, he's always oh. that cool dad. Because I mean, secretly he likes playing games as well. So, but <laughs> mom is more traditional. Uh, I think uh, mom was always like. Uh, you know, gaming is... No, she, she initially, she hated gaming with a passion mm. like an Asian mom would. Mm. And then uh, she started saying, okay, fine, I, I can't get the, the kid to quit. So I'm just going to subtly mention that, you know, you should play in moderation. Mm. Uh, but then, you know, when I decided to take this full time, she obviously was not like very like, okay, this is just a phase mm. kind of thing. And then I, I started showing her like the, the paychecks that I got. Like these are, no, these aren't just joke numbers, you know, mm. like you can actually make some money if you put your heart into it. If you know where the maximize on your skill set yeah it doesn't matter it's gaming you can still you know work you know just because you're enjoying yourself doesn't mean that it can't be a job yeah that's i think right. that is something yeah. she started getting over time but she has always been more of like a just be cautious you know because this is volatile and mm. not stable so you know mm. there's always that part of her that says maybe a college degree isn't that you know <laughs> go back to college but yeah my mom still says that. <laughs> she forwards me on Facebook. Oh, go and study at this course and this course. But so over the years, right? You know, e-gaming wasn't such a huge thing mm. in the past. Maybe it was because of technology. Maybe just not so many people were playing it. But did you ever foresee it becoming what it is right now? Like it is a huge thing. You know, like even. Uh, governments have to change their policies mm -hmm. in terms of letting people into the country, the visas and stuff of uh, allowing e-gamers to come in to play sports. They recognise it as sports. Um, so, yeah, did you see where, where it was going? Uh, I, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't I would want to claim credit and say like, oh yeah, I foresaw this, but I definitely knew that this was something that had a lot of potential. Back when I joined, I, I got like the big gigs in 2014, I was like, wow, this is this is going to be massive one day. And I told my parents, like, I'm I'm very lucky to be able to enter at the ground level because when it's yep. more developed like now, it's a lot harder to get into the scene, mm -hmm. which is why I always, whenever I, I give interviews, people ask me, like, oh, how do you, how, how can people be the next you? And I was like, oh, that's a little bit too much because I think I was at the right, I was there at the right time with the mm, right set of yeah. skills. And even if you do the same thing now, there's no guarantee that you get the same results because it is that saturated in mm. terms of people wanting to enter and there's not enough space. Mm. So, um, yeah. no, that's why I'm trying to grow more pie, I guess, mm. with my project. So, um, how long were you freelancing before you started a company or actually you went straight to setting up your companies? Uh, I actually freelance and I still do, okay. uh, actually, mm. uh, for about six years. Okay. Yeah, so since I was 20, well, not six years, about five years. About five yeah, years. about five years. Mm. And it is, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the first event that I went to, I got, uh, hired to do the international. Mm. I think that was my first big gig where I got actual an actual paycheck mm. after the fact, and mm. uh, I was like, "Wow, that's a lot of zeros." <laughs> and, <I'm> like, <laughs> and I and I, and then the first thing I thought was like, "Yeah, I'm going to show this to my mom because yeah. I was like, wow, mom, this is uh, something that you should see because 
you know, your son got a fully paid trip to Seattle and mm. got paid for doing, mm. uh, you know, like video games, right? Mm. And I think the first thing that came to my mind was like, oh, how am I going to spend it? It was more like validation. Mm. So that was something that proof to mom kind of that mm. no I should definitely pursue this I think mm. dad was also happy to have like some proof that he was right yeah that uh, <laughs> gaming gaming has its uses uh, but then over time no, uh, you know the same thing I've, every freelancer goes through mm. which is I think in Singapore especially there's a lot of uh, undercutting for talents mm. there's a lot of um, people that say oh we don't have the budget you know so yeah take it or leave mm. it or exposure, you know, the, the, mm. the good old exposure. Mm. So, uh, yeah, th there's there's all that. Uh, but I always felt that if I'm as one of the most senior people in esports, if I mm. accept the these low undercut rates, then what are the newcomers going mm. to face, right? Mm. Because they're going to say like, Lysander has been this and he takes this. So what? Wh why are you to demand this? So I always yeah. think from that perspective, it sounds very like... Um, I know it sounds kind of like a ooh, holier than thou kind of mm. thing, but uh, I, I feel like that should be the case. And I, I always feel very sad when my fellow uh, juniors, I would call them, get undercut or are forced to work for less than nothing. Mm. I think it's it's not right because what we do is very hard to achieve because it takes a lot of practice. Mm. and uh, a lot of knowledge as well. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of knowledge, a lot of study required. Yeah. And the fact that you pay someone less than McDonald's does, then it's just yeah. not acceptable. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's, that's always been my stance. And my mm. company, uh, the talk show, mm. is meant to bring awareness to this mm. uh, situation. So I, I, I would... I would I bring awareness by talking about it, by making fun content, but also by leading with, by, with examples. So I want content creators to work under my team mm. to build content and we want them to be compensated fairly. Yeah, right. that's, the, that's the goal here. Yeah. That's cool. So, so just to let people know who are very interested in getting into the gaming industry, <clears throat> what does it take to join the team then? Uh, well, the funny thing is, uh, sometimes it works when we meet you, we like, we like you right away. Mm. Uh, that works, you know, just with everything else, I think, uh, being, uh, sometimes there's that luck and like that affinity, yeah. but, uh, if you want to apply us, you know, the cold, the cold way, or mm. I guess, is that the word? Yeah. So if you want to just apply to us, yeah. uh, and we don't know anything about you, drop us yeah. an email. We, we will send you a very unique questionnaire, mm -hmm. uh, with, uh, some, some questions about yourself uh, mm. but also about gaming knowledge memes because we want someone that knows how to have fun that gets our humor yeah and, um, definitely yeah so so we strive for some certain uh, level of quality so um, and then it's it, then we'll try and gauge them based on the answers they give us it's not it's not so much the answers but the type of answers the way that it's answered yeah. it's very very hard to get into it's kind of like a company secret but yeah that, that's how I found my initial team I, I, I got them through this entire like it's a very strange questionnaire if you look mm. at it and then, uh, yeah, those that I think are cool, I'll, I'll call them in for an interview and I'll talk to them for about half an hour. And uh, from there, we'll see if, uh, if they're right for the team. Yeah. Do you have any, like, is it, I don't know, because maybe for me, right, I've never been a gamer as much. I think the most I went to was like Maple Story because it was cute. Mm -hmm. um, but do you actually need to, as you mentioned, do a lot of study before you step into any job, be it commentator, or, you know, you're, you're going to interview someone on your show as well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, how much amount of actual knowledge piling is there? Well, um, which one do you want answered? Because commentator has one, host has one, and uh, talk show has another one. Commentator. 
Okay, so uh, uh, as a commentator, uh, if you if you listen to the Olympics or any kind mm. of basketball or soccer match, you'll have commentators, right? Mm. And commentators need to know everything because they literally got to be that. So imagine, okay, imagine w when Avengers Endgame came about, right? You have a few of your friends that said like, oh yeah, this theory and that, you know, their eyes would be super big and yeah. then they're like telling you this and that. You got to be that guy for gaming because your job as a commentator is to tell mm. people what to be excited about. Yeah, and true. if you don't know things with the back of your hand, it's very difficult. So you gotta know everyone that's in the game, uh, everything that's in the game. What are the possibilities mm. in the game? Because um, just like with everything, you you the, the passion will come through. Like if you're excited, it's like guys, mm. you have to look out. Ten minutes, there's gonna be this. It's gonna happen. Mm. The people get excited. Uh, it's, it's the same thing for commentators. So there's a lot of study involved and it's not a overnight cram kind of thing. It's more of like a, I've watched five seasons of this show. So I'm ready to tell you what happened season six. Mm. I'm ready for all the theories. Mm. It, it's not something you can cram overnight, which is why I feel like they deserve a fair, fair pay. So do you have to play job. all the games yourself as well? Yeah, actually, um, we... Uh, most commentators are specialized, I would say. They are either um, locked into one game. So if you're a Dota commentator, most of the time you are only a Dota commentator. But in more modern times, people have adapted to survive. So uh, they have spread out to do one or two genres. So mm. if they do Dota, they might also do some shooter games like PUBG, mm. uh, Counter-Strike. So uh, yeah, but usually you have like an alignment because that takes that it, you have to go very deep. To, yeah. to understand a game well. And even if you want to just be a little bit like medium and everything, you, you still have to do quite a considerable amount of study. Mm. Uh, so yeah, there, there is quite a bit of uh, learning involved. But most of the times people come in to commentating already liking the games that they'll be yeah. doing. Mm. So it's not too bad. But there is a formula, I guess. Once you cast long enough, there is kind of like a formula how to cast everything mm. with, uh, enough, uh, with enough lead time to study. So like, for me, I can do it. I can do any game if I get like a week to play it beforehand. Oh. So currently, yeah. what game are you playing? Oh, uh, that's a very difficult question to ask, I think. It's like you're asking me like, what kind of ice cream you're eating now? I'm like, I don't really know. I just eat ice cream. I I, I can't really give you an answer. There is a lot of games that, uh, that I play. Uh, okay. I play all the popular games that are coming out, uh, that are out. Mm. And uh, I always uh, try and keep up to date with mm. everything. Yeah, mm. So yeah, do do will you will you be like the YouTubers where you will be given special treatments from the developers of the games to say, hey, you know, uh, we want you to before try launch this. kind yeah, of thing. I I really wish I could yeah. do that, but that is usually for influencers and journalists, and I think uh. I I am not that person mm. yet. Uh, but mm. I would love to do that because. Uh, early access feels cool and it's a very big advantage when it comes to creating content. Yep. Uh, I do get early access for certain games that uh, because I have worked with the company before but not every game. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So in your line of work, you also travel, you know, mm -hmm. a, a bit, right? Um, How does your overseas experience look rather not so much? Alright, okay. Um, I think that's a good question. I, I think that when traveling, especially in the West, I get to see the success story. Mm. I, I, I just say that the esports scene in the West is a lot more stable. Mm. They have better structure. They have mm. uh, proper organizations that pay mm. their players. They have mm. better incentives. They have platforms to showcase talents. Mm. Um, that is kind of like seeing what the end game could be for us. Mm. We are more uh, in the growing stages you know, in Asia, Southeast Asia. I wouldn't say Asia because Korea and China are yeah, good, but uh, we, mm. we, we don't count that. So mm. in Southeast Asia, it's very fragmented. Like mm. everyone's doing their own thing. There is no proper structure. Mm. There's a bit of, you know, there are talks of corruption and all that. So mm. it's it's not stable. Mm. And um, But looking at in the West, I always see like what it could be. Mm. 
So I I was I trying to think like okay how can I shape it this mm. way here in Asia? Mm. I mean of course taking into account Asian uh, Asian cultures Culture. and everything, but yeah. still the end game is the same. If this can be achieved in the West, mm. we have the amount of funds here as well. It's just mm. about getting the right resources mm. to get it there. So I, I try and reverse engineer it. So I, how do I get to this point? Yeah. But having something to work towards is very mm. important. If mm. there was no example, I might give up, you know, because like maybe this is hopeless. <laughs> Kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, traveling abroad does uh, open up your your eyes uh, when it comes to these things. In terms of the gamers, is there a difference between gamers in Southeast Asia versus gamers in the States or even gamers from China, right? Because Esports mm-hmm. is very big in China. So is there a difference in terms of the gamers around this I think regions? I think uh, Southeast Asians... Uh, gamers okay when you say gamers do you mean the professional players like the pro gamers or yeah, do you just pro. mean the normal people to play I, games I think right now we probably want to focus more on the pro gamers okay right? so uh, pro gamers uh, here I would say I, I can't really speak for every country mm. in Southeast Asia but I would say in Singapore at the very least uh, a lot of them might feel very jaded mm. I think uh, there, there are a few uh, very good uh, examples that mm. are, are good like, success stories but most of the times a lot of organizations in Southeast Asia have been you know reported to undercut a lot of their players because these guys have no other choice mm. so they just go on and then they yeah you know they mm. they get like they get poor contracts and also there's not enough uh, support for them there are no platforms for them to grow as personalities because most of the time a, a professional player in the West is very popular for either his skill or his personality. So sometimes you don't have to be super good. You just have to be a pro, but be entertaining to watch people on like your live stream. Right? People watch your live stream, people like yeah. you as a personality, and that's how you get known from the sea of pros. But uh, here in Southeast Asia, I think our major lacking point is that we don't, uh, our players don't have media training. Mm. So we, they don't look like icons. They just look like nerds that play at a land cafe, which is not the right branding <laughs> because this is a chicken egg problem, right? Yeah. In the West, you have t- pro teams that look like ANF models, mm. like they have, they're they have the the clean shaves. Yeah, yeah. They're media trained, so they give yeah. good interviews. And then here we have guys walking on stage, with, you know, like in their in their slippers. It's getting less less bad, uh, but but it's it's a real problem. Like I'm not trying to diss anybody, but it is a real problem when it comes to sponsors. Like someone like Correct. Nike or yeah. Under Armour is not going to sponsor something a guy with like a mop of hair. Like he doesn't mm. look like an athlete. Like mm. when you say the word e-athlete, you know, you, you mm. got to look the part, right? Mm. You got to look like an athlete. You got to look clean. You look mm. fresh. Yeah. And, uh, you know, without sponsors, a lot of your money is, you know, not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So it's like a chicken egg, you know, mm. without money, there's no incentive to play better. Then there's no incentive to play better. There's no, you know, that, mm. that whole vicious cycle. So uh, there needs to be someone that steps in and says like, okay, let's clean up our guys. You know, mm. let's maybe send them to the gym a little bit, you know, playing games all the time isn't good. Mm. So... We need to have a little, little bit of a work-life balance. Yeah. Uh, teach them to answer better interviews. Some uh, some teams have started doing that, but not quick enough. I mm. think uh, locally we have a team called Resurgence. I'm not sure if you've heard of them. They are a, they are Singapore's biggest esports team, mm. and they have <clears throat> uh, they have eight esports teams over eight different games. Wow. So mm. they're they're pretty well uh, funded. Uh, their owner their owner Jeff is a very good friend of mine, and he's mm. also has very similar vision, and he has a uh, you know, taking the same steps and you know, use our own money to put the you know, put the footprint in the ground first, yeah. you know, and like guys follow suit yeah. kind of thing. And he's done that to a much larger scale than I have. Mm. He has more resources, but uh, yeah, our our goals are very similar, you know, in mm. the sense that we're going to take action first, mm. uh, so that hopefully people see uh, see the example and follow suit. So, it actually, yeah. sounds like really exciting. Yeah, you should you should definitely talk to them. Mm. Uh, yeah. They are they are, they are doing something really good for gaming and 
in Singapore. So with the 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 nightly show, you know, is that something that is that you started to also help in this uh, in this direction as well? Yeah. Basically, mm. give more personality to all the individuals in the gaming scene. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, like I said, you know, in the West, there are three things. Right. They have stable organizations. Mm. They have a platform to feature content creators. Uh, and lastly, they have good incentives. Because in the West, you can actually make a full living just doing this. Yeah. Like a uh, proper living, no questions asked. It's like way better money than a normal job, actually. So that, like, this is good enough money to say, why am I studying? Like, you know, yeah. I'm going to ditch and do this because I'm good at this. Uh, here, not so much. So mm. organizations, I can do that, but not to a large scale. That requires a lot of resources uh, to host a throw a team. So like I said, Resurgence does that. But uh, personalities, I think it's very important because... Uh, a lot of times there's a complaint like, oh, why aren't local people getting love? But because mm. the real fact is local people aren't good enough. Like uh, yeah. the, the Western influencers, content creators are better. So people are just going to watch them. But uh, I want to offer our local creators a way to learn. And mm. um, I know there are a lot of lessons out there, but you know, there's only so much you can learn in a classroom. So yeah. I'd rather create this talk show, build like a real world context, right? Because I invite guests, famous live streamers in. I know I pull on my old strings, you know, mm. to get famous people onto the show, gaming influences. And it allows those content creators working with me to mingle with them. You know, obviously there's a little bit of networking. Yeah. There's also a little bit of like uh, from the, their view base transferring to ours. Yeah. There's also learning the strategies mm. yeah. of how to be a better live streamer, mm. better creator. So this is the real world setting kind of thing, right? Uh, doing a live production, doing you know, all these things, interviews, is practice that you don't get in a classroom. That's true. So along the way, right, I mean, we tried out so many things and uh, I mean, you you are definitely braver than we are. We are a long way from going live stream in any of this. But viewers out there, if you want to see us live stream, maybe do you just leave know. a comment. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what, um, just as a learning point for people who, who want to come into the... Um, industry, be it in esports or being a freelancer or being a, a commentator and a talk show host, what are some of the challenges that you made or can you share some of the mistakes that you have gone through throughout this whole journey? Uh, mistakes, definitely. Uh, I mean, everyone uh, has gone through a lot of it. I think one of the my regrets is I think getting shot to fame a little too young. I, I think uh, not... Like a lot, I think none of us will be prepared for this. Uh, you know, when you suddenly get a lot of high-level people that you've only seen in, I don't know, on, it, the, like on the red carpet yeah, kind yeah. of thing, or like VIP areas, mm. uh, suddenly becoming very chummy with you, it, it's very hard mm. to keep track of uh, who's your friend and whatnot. You know, mm. you, you know, um, uh, it, it, you you start to you start to get lost. You know, so, so people that. People, it's very hard to keep everyone in your life because you keep getting new handshakes, new, mm. new people like, oh, wanting to know you because you're the new in thing. Uh, so back then when I did the, no, in 2014, when I did the job in Seattle, yeah. you know, it was one of the best moments of my life, but it was also mm. a very humbling moment because mm. I realized I could have been nicer to some people that mm. have uh, that I've known last time. And it's not that I was just snobby, uh, like I didn't like snub them or like hate on them. It's just... They, just, they got left behind because I didn't know how to control all the attention I was getting. Mm. And I just reached for the, the brightest and the newest mm. things because like, oh, wow, this person wants to talk to me. This one's and I didn't have time for the old pe the people that I used to know. Mm. And uh, that part of me, uh, I always regretted that because you know, I was too young to handle all that. Mm. And so now when my second bout of fame comes by, I, I think I'll be better at 
handling it, mm. <laughs> I think. Mm. Yeah, and uh, of course, the other thing is working in gaming, I always uh, compare it to working in an ice cream shop. It's it's really fun, but it's also very dangerous because you end up eating ice cream. Yeah, so you could get lost. Yeah, so speaking about that, how do you balance this out? Because there's such this this thin line, right, between work, professionalism, and actual enjoyment of uh, you know you you can get sucked into just playing games. I guess that's how you get into an industry anyway, mm. by the passion, with the passion mm. that you have for the industry, right? But what, or maybe you can share with us your your usual, what's a day-to-day? How do you actually balance I, it? I don't like the day-to-day question because uh, there are some days that I'm just like, <laughs> yep, I wasted this day playing games. But you know, that, that's what buffer days are for. But uh, I think one very good trick uh, I do is, uh, the cliche one, of course, is set clear goals. Uh, that, mm. That's the cliche answer. I think setting goals is very important because mm. uh, it it kind of guilt trips you. When you have a goal set in mind, it guilt trips you to, to do something eventually. Mm. Uh, but uh, the other thing is also um, kind of broadcasting your goal mm. to a team. So having a team, mm. my team supports me in the fact that if I drop the ball they're gonna like okay so what's up you know you you promised us this uh, this week so what, what what's the brief and mm. if i don't have the brief prepared i'm like i'm the idiot because mm. yeah. i got I, I huddled these people these people believe in my dream mm. and if i screw it up in front of them then it looks bad so i, yeah. I kind of guilt trip myself into doing things yeah. and another trick is of course to do little things so mm. if you if you feel lazy just do something small mm. yeah and then eventually you'll do a lot more. Once you do a little bit of this, and like, yeah, that was so bad, do something yeah. small again. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. more successes, yes. right? <laughs> it's, uh, the, 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 I think the term is no zero days. So mm. don't have a day where you do nothing. Yep. Yeah, just Agreed. do something. That's, the, yeah. Yeah. yeah, maybe I should start doing that too. So where do you see yourself in the next five years? Uh, in the next five years, I hope to have uh, shaped the landscape of esports in Asia. Mm. And uh, you know, it's a very vague term, but uh, definitely one... Uh, I think the best way I can describe a success on my part would be uh, if you remember the influencer craze back yeah. in 20, I don't know, 2012, 2013, you know, back when you know, all the girls, all yeah, girls mostly in mm. Singapore started going for this influencer career, right? Really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, now, now, it's a, now it's a real career. In the yeah. past, it was seen as like, a, oh yeah, it's a joke. This girl's just pretty, she's getting sponsors. But yeah, really? now it's a full career. Girls actually make a full-time yeah, living yeah. Uh, being an influencer. And this job came out of nowhere mm. and uh, it was because there were right incentives, mm. there was social acceptance mm. and uh, I, I think I can do the same for esports. Mm. So that's what I want to do. Like when w- down the road, five years, you know, people in esports say, oh, so what are you doing? Oh, I'm in esports. I'm a content creator in esports. I'm a pro gamer. Mm. There will not be a judging look. There mm. will be like, oh, damn, you must be <laughs> living a good life. That should be the impression. And uh, yeah, that, that's what I aim to do. Yeah. Mm. So what's your perspective, though, of being, uh, you know, a freelance, bringing it back to the freelance industry, mm-hmm. right? What's your perspective of being the independent professional in general? What's my perspective? Yeah. Um, I think it's the same as every other freelancer. Uh, it's always worry that you don't get enough jobs. Mm. Um, there's always that worry when you're quoting a client that you're too expensive, you know, or maybe I didn't quote enough. You know, there's always that worry when it comes to that. Uh, not knowing your worth, I think. Yeah. Even though when you have a lot of like credentials to back it up, it's always like, yeah. it's kind of like, 
uh, comments, right? Online comments. You you read 10 good ones, doesn't matter. But one bad one really messes you up. So yeah. whenever you get rejected for a job, it, you, you, it's very hard to accept that it wasn't, it was just that they were not, you're not what they were looking for. It's not mm. that you're bad. But yeah, sometimes it's just, ah, it's a, it's a very harrowing experience. So definitely not for the faint-hearted, I think. Uh, mm. Freelancing sounds like a good deal being your own boss, but it's very hard to stay motivated if mm. you, yeah, if you if you you hustle alone. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just curious because you're so young, right? So, um, surrounding you, your friends, do you see more of them choosing freelancing as a career, or they are actually more full timers around? I think it's a mix of both. Uh, mm. I'm friends with uh, influencers, YouTubers. Mm. So those are the freelancers, the, mm. the graphic designers. Mm. Um, then I know the people that are just happy for a full-time job complaining about their bosses. So I, I, I really can't give a fair answer to this. Yeah, it is, uh, it's right. only my perspective. So. so for people who, the young ones who are trying to get into this industry, then what advice can you give them if they really... Yeah. Um, well, uh, <laughs> I, 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 gotta, I, I think you, really, again, it comes down to you got to really like what you're doing. Like you, you got to ask yourself, are you doing this because you want to play games or because you really enjoy playing games? You got to be realistic with yourself as well. Uh, not too realistic, but you got to be realistic with yourself. Am I cut out for, for example, if you want to be a broadcast talent, are you good at speaking to the camera? If you're not, maybe it's time to work on that or do something else because there are a lot of roles in esports, not just uh, on-screen talent. Mm. So sometimes it looks flashy, like I want to be a movie star, but it's not so easy to act. So yeah. maybe I'd be a, I'll be a camera operator instead. Yeah. You know, I want to work in Hollywood. There are a lot of things to do in Hollywood. Same thing for esports. You can be a lawyer, you can be a team manager, you can be a cook. Yeah. There, there are a lot of things you can do. Like, uh, don't, don't, don't just think of esports as, oh, I had to be a pro or a caster, I'm done, mm. you know, kind of thing. And I think this is a mindset that also needs to be changed. Yeah. A lot of people, they say, mom, I want to be in esports. And then mom will say, oh, are you the next ninja? And then you don't have that answer for that. And then like, okay, maybe I won't be, you know, but you, they, they have to understand, like I'm, I'm studying business for like to say, like the kid, for example, they're studying mm. business. They could be a business owner in esports. It's because mm. they love the game that makes them suitable to be a business owner in esports yeah. or a marketer in esports because you, you got to get gaming yeah. to work in gaming. I think that is the key goal. Like a mm. lot of main problems now in esports is because a lot of companies coming in don't understand the gaming world. Yeah. And they just think, oh, this is just going to be like every consumer in the world. Mm, we have yeah. done this for years. And then they get a little complacent when it comes to the gaming scene. Yeah. And gamers are very discerning when it comes to sellouts. Mm. So uh, genuine genuine, peop genuine companies benefit the most uh, from, from, from gamer loyalty. Yeah. Mm. And uh, that's why companies need to hire gamer-focused people, like mm. gaming-focused people. That's actually great advice because I, I want to get into filmmaking actually. And the first thing that one, oh, I want to be an actress. <laughs> that didn't happen. But now you can still try to be an influencer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, please like. <laughs> right. But thank you so much, Lysander. Thank you for all the sharing. It's my pleasure. I mean, yeah. we understand the esport um, industry a bit better. We wish you all the best. Right. Um, but before we let you go, right, we have one last question that we ask all our guests in our podcast. Yeah. Okay. Yenny, would you like to ask the question? So. If you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? Wow. Uh, Although you're still very young. <laughs> yeah, could be younger. Uh, but yeah, I, I, would, I would say, I don't know. 
I, I, a part of a, a part, of the cheeky part of me would just say like you know tell tell me uh, tell me about uh, tell me about Bitcoin or something, but um, I, I think I think I think it's very similar to what I said about the fame thing. Uh, mm. Learning to met, like I, I wish someone was there to tell me like okay this thing is gonna hit you really hard, so make sure you have a stable uh, foundation to yeah. uh, better utilize this. Like I, I I oh yeah okay I think I know like. I didn't capitalize well on my fame when mm. I got it back in tw- when I was twenty one, so I, I got I got I got really popular in gaming at twenty one, and I really should have used that before I went to the army. But I let army uh, depress me. I think uh, like yeah. made me really sad, and I got really resentful, and I didn't really mm. capitalize on that fame. I could have been a lot further than I am now mm. uh, if I had capitalized on the fame back then, because the numbers, the viewers that I had in the past was so good in today's context. Like, yeah. I should have really capitalized on that. But I didn't realize the value back then. It's just like Bitcoin. Mm. like, I didn't really realize it, so I let it go. Mm. And now I think about it like, crap. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I could be working a lot less now if I didn't uh, mess up last time. Yeah. But I'm sure you'll get it back. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a learning experience, I guess. Yes. Uh, you know, it shapes you. It, it makes you more humble. I like that you bring that out, though. Because as girls, you know, we can't quite bring that up because we don't have that same experience but um, NS tends to bring a lot of boys down just for the fact that they have this in my mind I'm going to lose two years of my life but um, like you said there are, there are ways to to take that and put it into advantage but and we also okay. see a lot of males becoming more mature after NS right? that's so true that's why they say it's our boys to men lah, right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well but Anyway, thank you so much, Lassendo. Thanks for sharing. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Freelance Creative Exchange. So if you enjoyed the show, please do click on the like button or leave us a comment. Subscribe and hit the bell button so you won't miss out on our next interview. So until then, bye. Bye. See ya.